Thank you, Bible. I'm going to turn to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 with me, if you will. You ought to know I'd be in the book of Acts. Or Timothy. Uh, Acts chapter number 2, verse 41. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized... And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need." And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Here we have, of course, the early church, the Jerusalem church, people being saved and added to the church. Tonight, I want to talk with you for a few minutes about the church tonight, and uh, I think it's good to do this tonight, and uh, I know you're hearing plenty about the church from pastor, but I want to do it a little bit different tonight. I want to talk to you about tonight why I'm a church member. I am a church member, and I'm very proud of my church membership, and where you are a church member says all there is to say about you. And it's important to be a church member, and I'm going to tell you why tonight as we look into the Word of God together. Let's pray together. Father, speak to our hearts tonight. Let me say nothing that would bring dishonor to you or your Word tonight. Let me only say the things I ought to say, Father, tonight to be a blessing and a help and an encouragement to your people. Thank you for these people here tonight, Father, who've come, many right from work. They've came tonight because they want something, they need something, and I pray that I'll not disappoint them. And I know that you won't disappoint them because if I give them your word, it's going to be a help to them. I pray you'll bless and meet the need now of every person and help me to speak just in the right amount of time. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible commands us to go to church. There's no arguing about that. It's a clear command, a very plain command that we are to go to the house of God. We're to go to the place that Jesus established and purchased with his own blood, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I have several reasons I'm going to give you tonight. First of all, I belong to the church because of my relationship and love with its founder. That's why I belong to the church tonight. I have a personal relationship with the founder of the church that's the Lord Jesus Christ himself he saved me as a child he has kept me saved all these years decade after decade after decade after well we'll stop there but he's kept me saved for all these years and uh, he's walked with me beside me as a constant companion and when falling in love with Jesus and getting introduced to him I found the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll never forget the first time in my life that I went to church. I was a four-year-old little boy. and My mother went to see 
my, her sister-in-law baptized. And when she went to see her baptized, there was an old-fashioned preacher who preached on hell. She got saved that night, and she got baptized the same night. That was one of those good churches. They, they dunked her the same night. And I remember after the service that night, her hair being wet. Well, little did I know how that was going to change the whole future of our home and my life and everything, but started going to church. And what a wonderful thing about church. That's where I go and hear about Jesus. Aren't you glad there's somewhere you can go and hear about Jesus and talk about him? And you don't feel embarrassed about it. You don't feel like anybody's looking at you weird when you do. You can go to the house of God. You can sing about him. You can praise him, and his name is used in the right way, in the correct way, and we all think about the fact he touched us, he saved us, and I go to church because it's more where I hear more about him than any other place in this world. Paul hated the church until he met the founder of the church, and then how his life was changed. There's a world today that needs the church of Jesus Christ and doesn't know it. They don't know it because they've never met the founder of the church. Let me tell you tonight, if a man doesn't like the church, it's because he has a problem with the founder of the church. And I have no time to spend with people who are against my Savior, but I must understand that in this world today, they don't see the point of the church or the place of the church because they do not know the founder of the church. That's why we have to introduce them to the founder of the church before we can get them in the church because once you know the founder you don't have a problem with the church and he, somebody says well, I just don't like the church well, we just don't like Jesus I'm a member of a church because I've got a relationship with the founder of the church and it's a very special relationship secondly I am a member of the church because I need a church home uh Home is where the heart is, is a saying that, that we use in this life. But I believe that's a good saying to carry over to the church, too. The home is where the heart is. My heart's in the church of Jesus Christ tonight. My heart goes there. My heart longs to be there. My heart is filled when I am there. My heart has things that take place in it while I'm there. And this old heart with all its bitterness and with all its uh, uh, bad thoughts and bad feelings and things, it gets dealt with at the house of God. And that's where my heart needs to be. And you need a place where we have our heart. Though you may not be here sometime, your heart is still here. And your emotions are still here. And you still want to know, I have it because of my heart. I need a place with it for a purpose. What's my purpose? I find it in the church. You know that you have no purpose outside the church. God created you to serve him. God created you with a special need and a special ability to do something for him. And that will be done in the church. It won't be done out here in another institution or on the street corner somewhere. If you're going to do anything for God, it has to be done through his church. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I have a church membership because of that. Also, it's a haven. It's a haven of rest. It's a haven of peace. It's a haven to come and just relax and a haven to get the burdens and the cares of this world off your back and to not have to worry about them for a couple hours. 
Oh, what a wonderful thing to have a place you can go to and you feel good about being there and good about it when you leave. That's what the church ought to be for us. It's a haven. It's a place to go. They don't understand it when you go there. It's a place where you find warmth. It's a place where you find love. It's a place where you find acceptance. Homeless people, we look at them in a very pitiful way. We look at homeless people on the street and say, boy, I feel sorry for them. I wonder why they're there. It's sin is usually the matter of all of it. But we feel sorry for homeless people. But my friend, if you don't have a church home, you're just like those people you feel sorry for. Because your life is empty in some areas. Your life is empty in some ways. And you're lacking in some things. And you don't even realize how poor you really are in spiritual matters. So uh, to be homeless is to be pitiful. And even the world looks down on homeless people. And uh, they assign names to them and all. And uh, that's a sad thing. My friend, if we say you were a Christian and then you don't have a church home, the world doesn't think much of that testimony. Oh, they may not like where you go to church, but they're not going to think you're much of a Christian if you don't go to church. When somebody says, well, I don't have to go to church to be a Christian, they, they don't know what they're talking about. They just revealed who they are, and they revealed their relationship with the founder. You do have to go to church. If you know the founder, you want to go to church. You long to go to church. You need church, and yet it's obvious in your life, in your, even in your body, the way you feel, I need the house of God. I need it. I must have it. The church organization, to say that it's not important, is to ignore the entirety of the New Testament. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 12 said, Jesus talking, talking about Jesus there, said that he would sing and give praises in church. Jesus not only founded the church, he not only purchased the church, Jesus himself went to church. Jesus himself identified with the church, and so should you and I. The church is given a higher place and a place of more importance than any other organization. The church is more important than your job. Hey, you ought to work out things that your job doesn't keep you out of the house of God. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes there's a difficulty. But if you can do something about that, you ought to do something about it. Uh, don't, let the, don't let people keep you out of the house of God. It's a place we need to be, and there's no organization more important. Work's not more important. That's why don't move because your job tells you to move. Oh, I get sick of that. I don't, I don't have to deal with that no more. That's one of the blessings of not pastoring anymore. I don't have to look at some guy and say, you're an idiot. Your job is not the Holy Spirit. Your job is just a tool that God gives you to take care of your family. And you know what? If you lose that tool, he can give you another tool. And that's why it should be God's will if you move, God's plan if you move, not because some lost person comes in and says, hey, we've chosen you, you're going to move. Thank you for two or three of you there who agree with that, but uh, there's, there's a lot of truth in that there. People at the job, well, we've got to live. Well, God's the one who says he'll take care of you. You know, if you want to live, I could, I could preach to myself here another sermon, but I won't. I'll just get on back to that. Your work's not more important. School's not more important. 
Kids don't stay home because they got homework. And don't let them do homework in church. Oh, my goodness. Don't give them crayons in church. Don't give them pencils in church. Don't give Make them learn to listen. Say, well, they're not old enough. Well, why you got them enrolled in kindergarten then? In kindergarten, they go to the bathroom when they're told to go to the bathroom. Amen. See, in kindergarten, your little, whatever you could, Brother Hiles always called him Oswald. Your little Oswald is not in charge. And he shouldn't be in charge anywhere. But we need to make sure that it's a place we, we realize we need the house of God. It's not more important school. It's not more important sports. Oh, I, I, I got to be careful. I'll run out of time before I want to. Uh, but you're in such sad shape. I need to really preach you up. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I never thought I'd feel intimidated preaching behind my son's pulpit. I was talking to a preacher the other day about coming to the conference. Well, I just have to check. I got to see when the high school football games are. So, I, I, and I'm thinking, my soul. I, I wish I had not talked to him. Because I know something that I wish I did not know now. And uh, there's a lot I could say on that, but I'm not. Uh, it's not important school. It's, it, there, there's nothing more important than going to the house of God. And everybody should know we're part, th this place is wonderful. We have a relationship with the founder, so we're going to be there every time we can be. We're going to be there all the time. We're going to have everybody with us we can have there to come to the house of God. Thirdly, I have, I have church membership because I've got a love for the family. I love my church family more than any family. Now, I, you can check on my life. You find out that's pretty true. I, I, I love my church family. You see, my church family is who I'm going to spend eternity with. And we at the place today, we want to put family above everything. No, you put the church first. You put the church first. You, so what do you do? What do you about when there's conflicts? There's not conflicts if you do the right thing. The Bible doesn't tell you to ever do anything that's a conflict. It's going to cause a problem. But you see, I love my family because I love the family name. Well, we got all kinds of names. We're called the church of the living God in the scripture. Think of that. We are part of the church of the living God. That is our founder. That's where we're attending church. I, I, I'm told it's called the house of God, the church of God. Oh, how wonderful the names are in the, in the Word of God. It's called the family of God. That's what this is, folks. This is the family of God. This is the crowd you're going to spend eternity with. These are the people you're going to be with forever. These are the people that are going to be a part of your life forever. The family of God, the best people you'll ever know are people who make up the family of God. You see, we're also, I'm not ashamed of the name. As many preachers are getting to be ashamed today, I'm still an independent, fundamental, premillennial, temperamental, Old-fashioned, hellfire, damnation, 
Baptist with a capital B. We want to be the unaffiliated church. Pastor preached about them last week. I was hoping he'd call names, but he didn't. But, uh, he, but he, he's just crowd today. They don't want they don't want to be identified. They say we're unaffiliated. They say we don't want to identify with independent fundamental Baptists. Well, guess what? I want to. I've never been ashamed to be one. I hear all these stories about all these preachers who do this. Hey, there are preachers who have done wrong. There are preachers who have done bad. But not like they try to tell you there are. Most of them are good, godly men who serve God and with very little reward or recognition. And I thank God for everybody who names the name of an independent Baptist and lives for God. I'm not ashamed to be a Baptist. Old news for you, but I'm still, if I wasn't wasn't a Baptist, I'd be ashamed. That's the only other thing I'd be. I'm going to be a Baptist. I was Baptist born, and I'm going to be Baptist buried one day. I love the character of the members of the family. Well, we have character. You know what Jesus said about us? He said in John chapter 17, he says, They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. You know what being a church member means, Brother Farmer? We're not of the world, even as he was not of the world. This is, this is where we get together, and we're, we're all here tonight. We're not of the world. You're not of the world. I'm not of the world. And, and you know who else is not of the world? Jesus isn't. And that's what our church membership does for us. And that's what it says about us tonight. We are not of the world. The best people in the world are at church. Oh, he's going say, well, there's a bunch of hypocrites at church. No, all of them are out there in the world. There are no hypocrites at the church. You don't even know what a hypocrite is. There are no hypocrites at the church. There are a bunch of poor lost sinners who've been saved by the grace of God. That's what we have at the church house. We have people who are trying to live for God, who are, who are trying to make an effort to live for God, trying to make an effort to be faithful to church, trying to be an acre to be what they ought to be, not sit back and criticize the church and criticize the people of the church. We are the best people in the world. Hey, that's what I think about you. That's what I think about church members. I never let anybody criticize a church member to me from the outside in the world. Never. They didn't do anything to contribute to my salary contribute to my welfare, contribute to the good things that go on in that church. I don't want to hear what they've got to say. Don't care what they've got to say. The church is the, has the best people. Do you ever think about you fit at the church? You, I, all of us, where would we fit in besides here? Where would you fit in? Where could you go and fit in and not feel like you don't belong there and you're not an outcast? Where would you go and fit in? God knows Brother Sally can't go anywhere. I mean, I mean this, this, is, uh, uh, this, this is what we need to realize here, like, folks. We fit here. You leave here, you don't fit in. Oh, how many times people come and say, well, I just didn't feel a part. I just didn't fit in. No, you didn't fit in. This is where you fit in. You fit in your family. 
You fit with those who've been redeemed just like you've been redeemed to have the same love for the same founder that you have and have the same vision that you have and the same determination that you have. You don't fit anywhere else. You'll be miserable. The disposition of the members. Now, I have met some Baptists through the years who disposition was bad. But you know what I found? They don't last. They don't stay around. Oh, no, the disposition is good. What kind of spirit you feel in here? You come in here, you just relax. You don't come in here and have to get all uptight about who's mad about something. You have to come in here and work. No, you have people here that love God. They love their pastor. They want to do something for God. And they come here to do something for God. And, 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 they're, and they're, they're different. The Bible says by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. You see, you can't love a lost world if you don't love the household of faith. Well, I just can't like them or I don't like them. Well, then there's, you've got a bad problem. And you're disobedient to God. And you've got a problem again. Somebody might even question you whether you belong in the family if there's somebody you hate. See, by this, shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one to another. Ephesians 4.32, it says, and be you kind one to another. Where do you go when everybody's kind? You been somewhere this week that kind to you? Tender-hearted? I don't know where I go, and they're tender-hearted to me. Everywhere I go, they take my money and don't say nothing. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven us. Hey, God gave, forgave you for Christ's sake. Jesus died because of your sin, but God forgave you. So we have no excuse for not forgiving anyone. We have no excuse. Even if we're not asked, we're supposed to forgive. Our friends are at church. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we forget the people who keep the nursery. Sometimes we forget the people who sing in the choir and they're here extra time. The musicians who have to play. The groups who have to practice. The ushers who stand out here in the hot sun. We just forget that sometimes, don't we? We forget about being kind, being nice, because when we all come in here on Sunday, we need to remember every one of us walking here with burdens, every one of us walking here with heartaches, every one of us walking here with disappointments, every one of us walking here, and we come in here to the house of God and say, oh, preacher, help me. Handshake in time, that smile. That smile before service is why it's so much fun to get here before church and shake hands with people and smile with them and rejoice with them. You say, well, I, I, everybody don't need that. No, you need it. You know something would transform some of your lives if you just came to church earlier and shook some hands and said some words of appreciation to people. I got to hurry. Number four, the church is, I'm a church member because the church is my helper. You know, everybody needs a helper. Who's going to help you with your children? That's why you need to be a church member, because your children are loved. Your children are helped. Your children are cared for. Our, our teens, don't we need help with them? Where are we going to find that help? 
Well, you got to have a church. You got to have a church that's concerned about that and realizes that. Uh, singles, couples, old, old, old people like Bob Hamilton. There's got to be somewhere to care. There's got to be somewhere to say, these are the people who will help me. This is where our help is. We get our help from the people and our, our, our families get help. But wait a minute. You know where we get help too from coming here? From the sermons. That's why it should be a very serious thing if you miss a sermon. Don't you be one of those people in every church has them who try to sneak around and get out of both sermons on Sunday. I in children's church for one, then try to be an usher or something for another and get out. No, you need to be preached at. You need to preach in the Word of God. Every, I'd be mad if I had to miss a sermon. Somebody's got to do it. Do it with your ear stuck to the door. Try to hear. I mean, the sermons is how God speaks to you. And we need preaching. Everybody needs preaching, let me tell you. I don't care how young you are, how old you are. You need preaching. I need preaching. And you can't hear too much of the right kind of preaching. And preaching is how you learn. Preaching is how you grow. Preaching is how you get courage. Preaching is how you learn to stand on your own two feet. Preaching the word of God, the greatest calling in the world, is to help the greatest people in the world with the greatest message in the world. Preaching. That's the most important thing. It helps you. It establishes you. Don't you miss preaching? And you see, that's why people who are sick, you need to make sure you get some preaching to them. And we have so many ways to do it today. I don't know how to do any of them, but I know you can do it with all this live stream, dead stream, whatever. All right, but, I, I, but get preaching to them. It's the music, what does the music do for you? Oh, thank God. There's so many churches. You don't even know. If you get to travel around to churches, my soul, oh, God's always blessed us here. Oh, but you all thank God what you get to hear every week. And, and I go to places and I, I say, oh, I'm sorry. They have to hear this every week. But uh, I, I feel like saying I'm a singing evangelist for a day or something. Uh, I, I mean, that's bad. But we have something here to be a blessing and to be a help. But don't you take it for granted. People work hard. People sacrifice. People have pressure. So, well, I can't see the big pressure. He's going to sing. Well, you come up here and sing then. You play the offertory. You see, we, we take for granted things we shouldn't take for granted. The truth is, most of us wouldn't even make a good usher because we're too grouchy. Oh, uh, where do I want to go now? I don't want to run out of time here. Sermons help us, songs help us, testimonies help us. You haven't been helped by Daniel Jim's testimony? Through the years, there's others of you been at the point of death. God raised you up. That hadn't helped somebody. You've had needs that you didn't think would be met. You were going to go under and sink and be done. And God did something for you. You know what that does? That helps everybody. That helps everybody. Because all of us are doubters. 
And we all doubt and we all are prone to not believe. But when we see God do something good to somebody else in the family, it does something for us. Hey, it can happen for me. It beats playing the lottery. God will do something for you. He's the one who can. The best things in life come from the church. Can you imagine what it would be like not to have the people here not to pray for you? If you had to ask a group of the people to pray for you tonight, what group would you ask? What group would you ask more than this group right here? Who, would you, who else could you possibly want to pray for you? Oh, I know people sometimes say, well, I'm praying for you, but then as soon as you're out of sight, you're out of mind. You're always in the minds of people here. We're in each other's minds, we're in each other's hearts. That's why it's so important to understand our prayer lives. Praying, praying, praying for each other. We must pray for each other. The best things in life always come from the church. You get a good wife, you're going to find her in the church. Your children get help, it's going to be in church. A good thing happens to your family, it's going to happen because of the church. That's why it's so wrong to desert the church. Don't take for granted your church tonight. I'm a church member tonight because it's what gives me the opportunity to serve God. If we obey the Bible, we get to be a part of the greatest social agency in the world. People always say, well, I like to do something. Here's do-gooders. I want to do something for people besides they don't want to go so well. They say, well, I like to do something. Let's feed them. Let's do this. Well, you know, if you go to church, get involved in church, you can do it all. This is the greatest social agency. You're hungry? Say something. Well, somebody here will feed you. I promise you. You need some clothes? Say something. Somebody will get you some clothes. Hey, this is the greatest social agency in the world to help people who are down and out, people who are having a hard time in life, people who don't know what to do. That's why don't you get suckered by these organizations out there. There's no organization that's like the church. Don't put your money anywhere but the church. A broad opportunity to serve God is in the church. That's the only place you can serve him. I know there are people down playing bingo think they're doing God's work, you know. They, they all kinds of things are God's work today, but it's only in the church. It gives me, that doesn't mean play bingo in the church either, Catholics. I'm a church member tonight because of me. It gives me the very best opportunity to invest for God's glory. The Bible tells us to present ourselves a living sacrifice, Paul did in Hebrews 12. Okay, where are you going to present yourself? Go out here in the field and present yourself. Go out here on the street. Now, where are you going to present? In the house of God. Oh, how wonderful when people walk down the aisle and say, I want to surrender to do whatever God wants me to do. I'm putting it on the altar tonight. I'm sacrificing my life, my dreams, my hopes, my ambitions. God, just tell me what to do. He said, God's house, you do that. This is where we put it on the altar. God, what do you want me to do in my life? What do you want me to do in my finances? What do you want me to do with everything? We come to the house of God. This is the altar. 
and I present my body a living sacrifice. Hey, that's why if you present a living sacrifice, you can go on the buses when you're tired, when it's hot. You can go so winning when it's hot. You can do whatever you got to do when you got to do it. You just keep going by the grace of God. It's the only place to invest my money for the return. There are plenty of promises about that in the Bible. And we're told on the first day of the week, that is Sunday, isn't it? Why am I? I wonder why God put that in the Bible. On the first day of the week, we're to lay aside in store as God hath prospered us. And you see, Malachi 3, that talks about the tithe. That's in the Old Testament. So people say, well, I don't want to get in the Old Testament because they don't want to get there because they think it's too rough. So I'm a New Testament Christian, okay? In the New Testament, 10% is not nothing. Just get 20%, 30%, whatever God tells you to do. It's not you deciding, it's you letting God decide to tell you what to do. But I get to invest my money. All these missionaries, that's an investment for you. All the things God is doing in people's lives, you get involved in it, that's you get an investment. You may not be able to go out soul winning or go on a bus route, but you can do something to encourage those who do and help those who do, and you can get part of the reward. You see, we all can do something. And at all stages of life, we can do something. I hasten because I must be on time. I would never hear the end of it. It is the only institution that Jesus is coming to acknowledge as his very own and receive. Who's Jesus coming back for? The church. That's us. He's not coming back for anybody else. As a matter of fact, He's coming back for his church, and if you're not part of his church, you're going to be left here. He's coming back for his church. Now, we're all part of a local church, and there are other good local churches, but one of these days we will have a universal church. But don't let anybody tell you we have it now. That's a big Catholic doctrine that most all your Protestants teach it to. But we believe that every local church, we're going to be caught up in the air. And then we're all gathered together in the, in the air, the marriage of the supper of the Lamb takes place. We all then will be a universal church. And then we shall rejoice with him forever. We're going, you see, we go to heaven, folks. We're just going to have church all the time. I don't have a problem with that. I don't, if you do or not, we're going to have church. And we won't even get tired. And uh, you, you'll be able to sit in the choir there and not fall asleep. You poor guys in that choir up there, it's, it's not 200 degrees up there. Yeah, that's why. If you beg me, I'm not joining the choir until we get in that building. But uh, the rest of you ought to be in it, bless God. You better be there. And uh, I don't know. Isn't it fun to have church? It's fun to watch people grow up. We got invited, my wife and I, and we love to get invited to things. We are still alive, just let y'all know that. We're still alive. Sometimes think people think we're dead and gone, but we're still alive. We got invited to Colton's birthday party. 
And we're sitting there, and I look at her, and she looks at me, and I said, this is weird. I am getting weirded out by the minute. Here's all these people there that were little kids here. I mean, it's what the whole crowd is. And, 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 they're, and they're, they're running around, and they got kids. I told my wife, I says, when they were growing up, I would have voted to never let them have a child. <laughs> They've got a child now in their care. They were all there, and here we are. I felt like 130 years old then. I, and here they all are, all these little kids. No, they're not the little kids. They're the parents. And they've got little kids. And about that time we were talking about that, here comes Pastor walking by. And I said, he's supposed to be sitting in that chair over there, and there's a little bitty chair over there for the little kid. I said, he's supposed to be sitting in that chair. Uh, but you know what makes all of that wonderful? That wouldn't be very enjoyable if we went to the church, would it? What makes life worthwhile is the church. Hey, everybody wants to be proud of their kids, proud of their life, proud of something. But who's going to care other than the people who love you at the church? That's why folks love the church, love the church. It's going to get better and better and better. And we're going to leave something behind of always for over 30 years that I've preached to you. You've got to do it for the next generation. It's not for us. It's for those who come after us. And those kids, that birthday party wouldn't have been there if that hadn't been my goal, my push, my drive. And it's got to be your push, your goal, your drive. Because that's how we keep having that faith pastor's talking about to hand down to the next generation. Now, I looked at those guys in that room the other day, and I wouldn't vote them all as the brightest guys in the world. But I didn't see it one I thought would be a compromiser. So you know what? That's the most important thing. The most important thing. Oh, today, let's rejoice that we've had a church. If my mother hadn't went to church, been a church member, none of us would be here tonight. It's through the church that God does supernatural, miraculous work that goes on and on and on and on and on. And we do trace our origin all the way back to that day when Jesus looked at Peter and said, who do men say that I am? Well, some say you're John. Some he said, well, who do you say I am? And that confession of faith of Peter's our dear Savior looked at him and says, upon that, that profession of faith, and upon me, profession of faith in me, I'm going to build my church. Hey, that's how far it goes back. Let me throw this in for free. I know it's about, almost five minutes late. Let me throw this in. That's why I tell people, people have offered this to me. I don't, I don't want no DNA study. I don't want to know my ancestors. To me, that's the dumbest thing in the world. If you've done it, I'm sorry. I'm just, 
I mean, why would I want to know about people I can't do nothing about? And, how, and I'm going to walk around like some weirdo then. I wonder if this is why I feel this way. I wonder if this is why I want to eat. Why, why, this is why I want to wear a kilt. Is this why I want to? No, is this why? I mean. No. Our DNA goes all the way back to Jesus. Hey, you can't go much further than that. And all of us are in the family of God. And they can't find anything bad about any of our family members because it's all covered by the blood of the founder. Let's love the church. Amen.